Colonial National Historical Park, located on Virginia's east coast, is a meeting place in many ways. It sits at the confluence of the York River in Yorktown and the James River in Jamestown. It marks the juncture of three major cultures that shaped colonial Virginia. These cultures were Virginia Indian, African, and European. Yorktown is where American and French troops fought the British during the final battle of the Revolutionary War. It is the crossroads between fertile forest and bountiful river, a prosperous ecosystem that sustained the Powhatan tribe, who lived there for 12,000 years before the invasion of the English at Jamestown. It marks the rise and fall of colonial America. It is the meeting place of the past and the present. Historical and modern, where current-day explorers and truth seekers can submerge themselves in the exhilarating and deeply tragic stories of past Americans. In 1607, Jamestown, Virginia, became the first English settlement in the United States. Some would say that that's where America's history begins. But what if we venture further back in time to the true commencement of our country's history, to the true first citizens of this land, the first cultures, and the first Americans? We meet the Powhatan Indians. The Powhatan lived in the tidewater region of Virginia for more than 12,000 years prior to the arrival of English settlers. Their nation stretched from the southern bank of the James River north to the Potomac and out to the eastern shore for a total of 10,000 square miles of land. The Powhatan were a formidable tribe, numbered at over 25,000 people before the invasion of the English in a host of foreign diseases. In 1607, English explorer John Smith happened upon Chief Powhatan's shores. Chief Powhatan captured John Smith, but in a gesture of goodwill, set him free. Chief Powhatan and his legendary daughter Pocahontas aided the English until John Smith was forced to return home. Then things really began to get heated when the Powhatans lost land to the settlers and fought to get it back. Pocahontas was kidnapped by the settlers in an effort to reclaim stolen weapons and English prisoners. She converted to Christianity and married an Englishman in what must have been a gesture of conciliation. But upon her death and her father's conflicts escalated. Eventually, the Powhatan and English signed a series of treaties that further limited the Powhatan's access to their own land, forced them to pay an annual tribute to the king, and made them English subjects. In 1693, the College of William and Mary was founded to assimilate Native Americans and clergy. However, in the late 1700s, the school closed to people of color and remained white only until 1964. By the 1800s, much of the native-owned territory was stolen, and the majority of the Powhatan lost their cultural identity and traditions, having converted to Christianity and forgotten their native language. From 1912 to 1946, Walter Plecker, a white supremacist and eugenics proponent, carried out his mission of paper eugenics. He fought to erase the cultural identity of Native Americans by denying that the indigenous race existed on all official documents, and forcing natives to instead identify as colored on their birth records. 
He forbade natives from marrying Caucasians, claiming that American Indians wanted to escape the quote-unquote colored status to be able to receive the same human rights as white people. His campaign spurred many Virginia Indians to flee the region. Ironically, later that year, the Indian Citizenship Act granted American citizenship to all Native Americans. By 1964, after the monumental Loving v. Virginia case, Virginia natives were allowed to marry anyone, regardless of race. It wasn't until 1997 that Virginia-born natives could have their birth records changed to recognize their indigenous status for free. Today, 11 native Virginia tribes are officially recognized by the state. However, only seven of these tribes are federally recognized. The Mattaponi tribe, one of only two Virginia tribes that has a reservation on Virginia land still has yet to obtain national recognition. This means that they are not receiving compensation and benefits in response to the historical brutality they experienced and that the government does not officially seek to acknowledge and preserve their indigenous identity. When you step onto Jamestown Island, it's interesting to see the contrasts and similarities between the historical depictions of the Native and English settlements. On the Native American side of the recreated Jamestown settlement, there are a cluster of structures built in the traditional Powhatan style. Interpreters demonstrate the cooking methods, hunting styles, canoe building, and family structure of the ancient Powhatan tribe. The small interpretive area pales in comparison to the gigantic museum of the American Revolution. It takes some real digging to unearth the story of what happened at Jamestown. Historic Jamestown recreates the atmosphere one would encounter in the 1600s, including live musket firings, replicas of the three boats that first came to shore, the Susan Constant, the Godspeed, and the Discovery, You can see the mess hall, the governor's home, and exhibits about the food and weapons belonging to the settlers. However, Jamestown also neglects to cover a very important and brutal aspect of the settlement, one that shaped our country as it is today. The African captives, the first enslaved African people of the New World. These people were kidnapped by the English from their prior captors, a crew of Portuguese sailors. So began the United States' two-and-a-half-century-long legacy of slavery. These slaves were of Angolan descent, and their culture shaped much of Jamestown's legacy. They were highly skilled and brought farming and harvest knowledge to the settlers. The Angolans and Powhatan were actually pretty similar in terms of their culture. The women raised crops while the men hunted. However, the Angolans forged metal tools and weapons, while the Powhatan relied on wood and clay materials. By the 1670s, Europeans were purchasing slaves from many regions of Africa, with slave traders working on the West African coast. The arrival and blending of these diverse African cultures contributed to African American culture as it exists today. Nearby the Jamestown settlement is Yorktown, the place where our country won its final battle for independence. Another important site is Colonial Williamsburg. Even though Williamsburg gets a lot of attention and it's known as the world's largest living history museum, it's not part of the Colonial Historical National Park, which just comprises Jamestown and Yorktown. Williamsburg's walkable streets are staffed with interpreters dressed in period outfits, quaint shops and buildings such as the printing press, apothecary, and bricklayers, 
each of which are packed with information about the shopkeepers and their specialties, line the streets. My favorite thing to do there is learn about the brick-making method. Brave visitors who truly want to get into the colonial spirit, which I always do, are invited to peel off their shoes and stomp around in the knee-deep mud to mix and compact it, as per the traditional brick-making process. Given its location at the confluence of the James and York Rivers, the Tidewater region of Virginia is incredibly susceptible to the effects of climate change. Extreme weather events, flooding, and sea level rise pose threats to coastal populations, habitats, and economies. Virginia wildlife that once supported the native people depends on our rapidly drowning marshes and wetlands. These wetlands also serve as important filters and barriers against pollution. Warmer waters filtering in from the Chesapeake Bay cannot hold as much oxygen. This means that there will be an increase in dead zones or areas of oxygen-stripped water that suffocates marine life. Bay acidification affects oysters and other shellfish that we depend on to filter the water. As waters absorb carbon dioxide, the compound carbonic acid is formed, which prevents shellfish from producing the calcium necessary for strengthening their shells. One corner of Colonial Jamestown's famous James Fort is already submerged under rising waters, and extreme weather events threaten to erode other historical relics. The Powhatan tribes depended on the James River and the surrounding forests for their survival. If this 25,000-member-strong tribe tried to survive here today, they would have to transition to a mostly land-based diet and limit their shellfish collection. The clam and oyster population, which they utilized for food, is suffering. In Virginia, wildfires threatened to blaze through the forest that once provided habitat for the wild turkey, deer, and bears that the natives hunted. Colonial National Historic Park was the meeting place for so many things. Rivers, cultures, and nationalities all intersected on this ancient land. Now it has become a new type of crossroads between possibilities we never imagined. This park is where the new reality of climate change intersects with the old reality of a healthy earth. This struggling tidewater region is a microcosm of the most important intersection of possibilities the entire world has ever faced. This river and the surrounding habitats form the seam between the present and the future, between the danger of now and the horror of what could be. In a literal sense, rising waters intersect with shores they had never reached before. Will Jamestown see the rise and fall of yet another civilization? We are at the most important meeting place of all, where reversible transforms into irreversible, and the capacity for change crosses the line into inevitable. Let's instead make this ancient park into a meeting place for activists, explorers, adventurers, nature lovers, and planet savers. Let's make it the place where our sick earth meets healing, the meeting place of past mistakes and future-informed decisions. Let's make it the place where backwards colonial ideas that were harmful to our planet and its brilliant array of cultures intersect with progressive, forward-thinking ideas that paint humanity in its boldest colors. Let us make it the place where we understand the intersections between climate and diversity. Colonial Historical National Park is the meeting place of the past, the present, and the future of our Earth. 
Either we change for the better, or the climate changes for the worse. This ancient land is where the intersections of that choice are already apparent. We cannot become a fallen tribe. It's time to redefine the meaning of change so that our rapidly eroding future doesn't make us colonial relics of the past. Let's make this the place where climate change transforms into human change once and for all. Thanks for listening to Park Wake Up Call. Thank <laughs> you.